starting our series on the summer of Psalms. Um, so we have three talks. Um, there's the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Is how we phrased it. Um, today, John is uh, not doing the ugly one. Um, John Rippon's taking that one. <laughs> Reached in the good, and John, you're going to do the bad for us this one. Yeah. Great. So there we go. Let me pray for you, and then we'll hand over. So, Lord Jesus, we just um, yeah thank you this morning that we can come and hear from your words. Um, but we just pray as we begin this short series on the Psalms this summer that you uh, speak afresh to us about what these uh, these songs, these worship songs to you were about um, in the good, in the bad, and in the ugly times. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Al. Uh, just firstly, though, I don't remember inviting the rest of you to choose this event. But, uh, yeah, that'd be great, seriously, if you want to come along. And if you're on a holiday and uh, you're at a loose end of board, well, come on, John. Come for a barbecue, it's no problem at all. Right, okay. Um, we're going to be looking at the Psalms. Next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the Psalms. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, okay, John, we're looking at the Psalms. Uh, we've just been looking at Nehemiah. Uh, for about six weeks there. Oh, what's, what's, what's this all about? Well, just have a look at the first slide, please, George. Uh, one of the truths of the Bible is that it is a unified story. The Bible, as the name suggests, is a series of different books over many, many um, years. But it's a unified story that all leads to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. So along with discussion about the Psalms, they were written many, many years before Jesus arrived. That's where they're pointing to. And uh, the truths that come out of there, of that book of wisdom of ages, um, point to Jesus, and, and that's what it's all about. So, if you look at the next slide, it tells a bit more about what Psalms is all about. Because that's like the first one. I'm going to give myself just two minutes only, just to give a back, bit of background. And the book of Psalms, as it says there, is, uh, was designed to be a prayer book of God's people as they wait for the Messiah, as they wait for Jesus and his coming kingdom. That's what it's all about, Psalms. And it was written, I find it absolutely amazing, it was written over a thousand years with different authors. David did the most of it, but many, many different authors. And yet it all hangs together. There's been many people who've claimed to be in touch with God and know exactly what he's saying. Muhammad said this, and he said, I've got this hotline there. And then Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon religion, I've got, I've got these magic glasses, and I can read and find out exactly what God's done. Well, God speaks to many people. He speaks to us today. And he speaks to many people, and the Psalms are evidence of this, because over a thousand years, these different poems were put together, and they all fit amazingly. They all fit together in this unified book that we call the Psalms. Now, I am no poet, and the last, I've got some who's uh, studying English literature at the moment. Where do you get those genes from? I have no idea. I am not a poet at all. But I've come to appreciate that poetry can give us something extra. I like, I'm one of these nerds who just looks, likes looking at instruction manuals and things like that. Never follow them, but I like looking at them, see what I should be doing. And poetry, though, gives us something extra beyond 
just the instruction manual that we've got. And if you look at the next slide, which is going to blow you away, and some of you uh, who are maybe Bible nerds are going to say, great, John's going to go into this in great. No, he's not. You're all right. Okay, we just want to show you this slide, which you're not going to be able to see very well at all, but it's just to show that the book of Psalms there is a book of praise. It's also a book that deals with, with great despair and great sadness. And it's also a book that is actually made up of five different books in the Psalms as it goes through. Now, if any of you are interested in looking at that, have a chat with me later because I've not got time to talk to you about that now, and I don't want to. Because I want to talk about application. And uh, as, it, as was said before by Alan, I have been designated to be on the next slide, the bat. So I want to look at Psalms and what they have to say for us in the, uh, the bad times. Okay? So that's where I'm, I'm looking at at the moment. Now, all of us have bad days. I can guarantee that some of you here this morning are going through bad times. And I can guarantee that because we all do at some time in our life. It might be just a bad day. Maybe you the toast this morning. Maybe, as happened to us when we had both dogs, all the dogs are food in the kitchen. We can't believe it. It's not what you want on the front day. But or it might be a season of some serious bad things that are going on in your life. We are the, at the moment, and by the moment we know the next few weeks, we've been doing the uh, Anderson Coastal Path. And uh, it's fantastic. We've not done it. Give it a go. It's really, really good. Um, but we were walking along and I was talking with Karen. And I said, Do you know, Karen, it was what, the hottest day, I think it was Thursday. And uh, the sun was beating down, as always in Anglesey. Ah, uh, gentle coastal breeze, it's just cool. And I said, You know, it's really hard to imagine this coastal path as it was dry as a bone. And it's really hard to imagine that in February, it's up to your knees in mud, it must be. And everything's really freezing cold and wet. Because for some reason, we humans, when we're in the now, we think the now is going to last forever. We always think it's going to be like this. So on Thursday, when it was really hot, oh gosh, you can't imagine it ever being wet, can you? He says today, with it raining. And then you get into February, when it's freezing cold and raining all the time. Gosh, you can't imagine it ever being sunny and dry ever again. And that's one of the reasons, I believe, why we have these psalms in Scripture. Because we need to be reminded that there are other times that when you're in the middle of a dark season in your life, that when it seems like it will never end, and maybe it even seems like there's no hope at all, that those psalms remind you that there is. That the sun will shine again. That there is hope in the future. So, just to begin with, I'm going to show you nine verses in uh, Psalms that uh, just speak truth to me at times when I felt really bad or a bad season going on in my life. So it's not going to take very long, this, although there's nine of them. So I'm going to whisk through. So if you have a look at the first one, please, um, George. And the first one, I don't know whether you ever feel alone. If you don't, you're a liar. 
everybody at some times really feels alone. And often when you feel alone, you often think you're the only person in the world who ever feels alone. And as we've got social media, I think this has even become more exemplified, doesn't it? Because we see everybody else having this great time in this fantasy world of Facebook and Instagram and whatever the heck else there is out there. And we think, well, there's little old me doing nothing tonight and I'm all on my own. So the Psalm 9, 10 says this to us. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. The Lord will never, ever forsake you. However alone we feel, the Lord will never, ever forsake us. And that psalm is a real truth in that. And maybe there's another one. Maybe you're feeling burnt out. last couple of weeks we've been talking about Sabbath, the need to rest, the need to recuperate, recuperate, which we can say that properly, and and be uh, recharged. So maybe you're feeling burnt out. Another scripture here in Psalms 18:28. There it says, "You Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into the into light." What's that saying to us? So it's saying the Lord keeps His light burning inside us, and will turn your darkness into light. And it says there we can be miraculously recharged by God. I don't know the, some of you here will know what I'm talking about, but you can feel. And then you go into a time of worship and you can be miraculously recharged with that, which is just incredible. Now that doesn't rule out common sense. For some of us, you also need to rest. And we've been talking about the Sabbath and that's one of the purposes for that. But God can do that as well, miraculously. Maybe some of you here suffer from uh, anxiety and slide number three there says that. Does feeling anxious? When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was greater within me, your consolation brought me joy. We believe this is uh, David, who wrote a number of the Psalms, said this, and he had some pretty sticky situations in his life where he was feeling anxious, but that's the truth that was given to him. My God, to share that poem that we've got there still today. God's love for you will never fail you, and his consolation will bring you joy. Maybe some of you here are feeling overwhelmed. I don't know, feeling overwhelmed. Again, all of us will feel like this. If not today, if not this season, you will sometime. And it says this in Psalm 18 too, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom... I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. The Lord will deliver you from your troubles. You might be in the middle of something at the moment where you think, no, it's never going to happen. But it will. You will be delivered. Another one there. I know none of you have ever felt foolish. I have. (laughs) The Lord is gracious and righteous and your God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, you saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. He's compassionate and he's gracious, our God. And that's a good thing to know when you're going through that dark season. 
Some of you here, I can say, because statistics tell me it's true, and some of you here are suffering maybe from depression. Many, many people do. But you, Lord, are a shield around me and my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Now that's not saying you should go to the doctors and anything like that or get professional help. But that's another truth that you can look to as well. For the Lord is your shield around you, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Maybe you just feel in a rut. Maybe you just feel stuck and you think, ah, nothing's happening in my life. He, talking about God, guides the humble, the humble that is, and what is right and teaches them in his ways. God can well give you guidance. Listen that for it. Maybe you're just feeling weary. Create in me a pure heart. Oh God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Maybe you're feeling unloved. Maybe you even feel that you are actually unlovable. Now I've never felt that, as yeah, I have. Because again, we all have, haven't we? All of us at times feel this feeling of unloved and maybe unlovable. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Maybe you are a bit unloved at the moment, by everyone else around you. But his love endures forever. So there we go. I'll give you a load of uh, psalms there, some verses, just to hopefully help you a little bit uh, if you're feeling bad at the moment. But there's one psalm, maybe the most famous of all the psalms, I just want to focus on the last few minutes of this talk. And it's the one that, as soon as I say the first words of it, many of you here will know what I mean. And it is, the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, you can see on the screen now that uh, in the past month, I've actually become a shepherd. <laughs> uh, so they, those are our sheep there. The one in the middle with Wellingtons is not sheep. That is actually uh, made my son, who for some reason has decided to colour one of the sheep. But uh, it has actually, I mean, you see sheep, sometimes we see them in the freezer in Asda as we're uh, wondering what to have for dinner. But uh, we hear this word of, of uh, the Lord is my shepherd, and it's very easy until you actually know sheep how what that actually means. I know some of you here are not fans of sheep because you've experienced how stupid they can be and how they have almost a suicide pack of wanting to die at times. They need a good shepherd to be able to keep them alive and stop being so stupid. And we need a good shepherd as well, which is what this uh, psalm is all about. So we could have, have the next uh, slide up. This is the whole thing. It's just six lines, really, of the Lord is my shepherd. There was, uh, in a Sunday school class many years ago, the, uh, the minister was there and asked the Sunday school class, can anybody here tell me, recite, 
Then, twenty-third Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, and this little girl, probably came up to the front. And said, I can. It's great, okay. Just tell everyone the uh, the song, please. And she says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And immediately sat down again. I was like, okay, what now? But she was right. It summarizes the whole thing, really. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which means that you will be alright. With him, we are alright. He will look after us, however dark times it seems. He will look after us. And one of the things that's always amazed me is this was written by King David. King David was the top king of all time of Israel. He was the one who led all the people of Israel at the time. But this is saying to, to everybody, it's the king saying, and can you imagine either Boris Johnson or Trump saying this today, that, hey, I, I just need a shepherd. God is my shepherd. I'm just like a sheep. I need that shepherd. And with God as my shepherd, I shall not want. And that's an amazing thought that it was King David. And I don't think it's any um, coincidence that it was him who wrote this for us to be able to, to understand the need to, to be totally dependent on our shepherd of Jesus. Okay. So another way of saying it is, the Lord is my shepherd, I will always have everything I need. Another psalm tells us there is no good thing that the Lord will withhold with the people who walk in his righteous way. It doesn't mean they might withhold things if you're not walking in that righteous way. But if we're walking with God, then he won't. Jesus said when we need to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, he will provide for us all the will need. The second line says this, he will make me lie down in green pastures. Well, that obviously means for, for sheep, it's delicious grass. I find that hard to leave the grass going to be delicious. But anyway, that's what it means if you're a sheep. It also says that it will make me, he will lead me, sorry, by still waters. He'll keep us safe. He'll give us what we need. However bad you're feeling, if we can trust in the Lord, then that is the reality of, of what will happen. So sheep will do silly things. We will do silly things. Remember seeing a sheep once, it was uh, on the coast, and it got so concentrated on trying to get to that tasty morsel of something or other that was nibbling along the coast, that it totally didn't see at all the tide coming in. And it was right up to around the sandbar that it was on, and got round it, and like, trying to grab this stupid sheep and get it back onto the land. How often we can be like that? How often we can be like that sheep as well, he thinks, looks over the fence and always thinks it's better over the other side of the fence and tries to get through that. But God knows what's best for us. And he will lead us to green pastures and still waters. Line three says, he restores my soul of strength. He rescues his sheep from dangerous and forbidding places. Maybe you feel at the moment that you're in a bad place. God can rescue you from that. He can restore you. 
when it talks about uh, about food for us, when it talks about green pastures, it's not just talking about physical food. Probably anybody here is is starving. I hope not. I don't think I am anyway. I might feel hungry at times, but not starving. But God gives us spiritual food as well. He talks about being the bread of eternal life. And that's what God can give us as well, that no Asda can ever provide for us. And then later on, it says, even if I walk through death's dark valley, I will not be afraid of any danger because you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. And that again is a famous line, isn't it? What a great reality that is to know that because of what Jesus has done, because of the knowledge of God, however bad things appear, even if you're going through death's dark valley, and with God at your side, you can face it. It might be scary, but you can face it. I don't know if any of you have uh, had the privilege, you know Liz works in a hospice at times, but the privilege of uh, I've seen somebody die well and know that they are feeling safe and secure with their fathers, they've done that. I had a great privilege four years ago of uh, being with my father um, when he had pancreatic cancer. And that was a long illness for him. And I say it was a great privilege because I could see that he, although there were times that were horrible and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, that he walked through that valley of the shadow of death knowing that his father was with him. And that was such an amazing privilege to be able to see that. You prepare a meal for me in front of my enemies. You welcome me as an honoured guest. My cup is full and spilling over. In the New Testament, Jesus uh, talks about himself being the, the bread of life and the the drink that you will never thirst for when you have them. This is what it's referring to here. And the we, if you're feeling bad, just get this, this is God talking, you are an honoured guest. If you accept and follow him. What amazing words that is. That we here can be honoured guests of the creator of all the universe. Your goodness and mercy will be with me all my life and I will live in the Lord's house a long, long time. And when it says, by the way, a long, long time, it means a long, long time. That's great, isn't it? So I don't know whether that's helped any of you here at the moment. Maybe you're having a great time anyway at the moment. I mean, okay, I'm having a bad time. It's great. All right. But maybe you are having a bad time at the moment. Maybe you're having a good time. Well, maybe just when you're going through that bad season in your life, that bad day, some of those ideas will just come back to you. I hope they do. And you can lean on your father and follow that staff and be protected by that rod in his hand. 
and that you can have, as it says there, goodness and mercy and live with them in the Lord's house a long, long time. Now, I don't usually do this. I don't usually uh, read out a written prayer. But uh, I want to close this talk with this. And I say it's a written prayer, but it's actually from Hebrews. Hebrews 13 at the end of that. And uh, Paul writes this. says, pray for us. We have no doubts about what we're doing or why. This is Paul talking about what he was doing as the apostle to uh, the lands that hadn't known Jesus at all. He says it's hard going, so he admits it's a bad, hard time. And he's crying out, we need your prayers. All we care about is living well before God. Pray that we may be together soon. And then he prays this. May God, who puts all things together, makes all things whole, who makes a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus, our great shepherd, up and alive from death, now put you together, provides you with everything you need to please him. Make us into what gives him most pleasure, by means of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Messiah. All glory to Jesus forever and always. And it ends that prayer with, oh yes, yes, yes. And I don't know exactly when Paul wrote that, but I imagine it was probably in the times after he'd just been beaten. Maybe it was a time when he was in, in jail, wondering whether he was going to be uh, murdered the next day. I don't know. But he could write, read that pen prayer out and write that down as encouragement for us today. When we're going through maybe the bad times, the all glory to Jesus forever and ever. Oh yes, yes, and yes. Thank you.